The blast from our past network. Codrite! Codrite! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Mm, giddy up. <laughs> Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans bringing you every episode of Seinfeld back to back because we love it and we hope you do too. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And in this episode, we have got season three, episode 12, The Red Dot coming at you. This episode aired on December 11th, 1991. Corey, my man, could you tell us a little bit about the episode. Yes, of course. All right, the red dot. Elaine's recovering alcoholic boyfriend falls off the wagon when Jerry inadvertently switches his drink. George buys Elaine a cashmere sweater with a small flaw to thank her for getting him a job in her office. He must face the consequences of having sex on his desk with the cleaning woman. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that was a long description. That was. That was. Not as short and succinct as a lot of the other ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's go into our scene breakdown. Uh, per usual, we start off with a stand-up bit. Yeah. This one, I'm, I was looking forward to talking to you about this one. Um, mm-hmm. Every mall has a Hoffritz in it. It's got to be a scary place to work. People are always coming in saying, I need a knife. I need a sharp knife. Give me the biggest one you got. And he makes it, this one's kind of reliant on his funny faces, maniacal faces. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, you know, like this has got to be scary. Can I ask you, what the fuck's a Hoffritz? I've never heard of it. I, I mean, obviously this was a very dated situation. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, what was those ginkgo knives? Not ginkgo. That's ginkgo biloba. Uh, it's a, a, what was, what was those? Those uh, knives that were so yeah. fucking hot to try. Yeah, I know. And they could cut through like metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so I, I had to, I, I had to know. restart. I had to restart it multiple times because I, I didn't have my <laughs> my subtitles on. So I was like, okay. I was like, what the hell did he just say? So like on the third restart, I I had to put the subtitles on, and so I paused and I'm like, Hoffritz, what the fuck is this? And then the whole joke is based on that. So I'm like, ah. and then my like my literally my only note on this is what the fuck is Hoffritz. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no idea. And I'm just trying to look through very quickly. Yeah, it's some knife thing. It's, it's some it's some knife thing. And apparently, every mall it's probably an East Coast uh, chain or something like that. Yeah, which is kind of weird for like you know a national TV show to be making such a regional joke. Or maybe it was really really big and then they plummeted terribly. Yeah, that's possible. And we, and we just didn't. Yeah, we missed it or something. But that was for me. That yeah. was an interesting way to start the episode on a, just a giant question mark. Yeah, yeah, I, I was the same kind of way. Usually I like to be like, oh, a stand-up bit about whatever, and I missed, it was because of like the Hoffritz, I had no idea, and then he started talking about knives, and I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense, so I just like, fuck it, it's a stand-up bit, Corey can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so this is, it's this just, is Corey's problem, not my problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I felt, so... Uh, awesome. All right. yeah. we're, we're off to a great start, guys. Yeah, yes. Um... Jerry and George enter Pendant Publishing's Christmas party. Um, 
uh, which Elaine is there and we get a reason why Jerry's there in a minute, but, uh, they're, they're discussing what I like is they walk in and they're discussing the whole like logistics of the statue of Liberty <laughs> about how it came to America and why it was a gift. I don't know. Just one of those completely random discussions that they do so flawlessly in yeah. Seinfeld, honestly. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a perfect example of a Seinfeld conversation right there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we, we see Elaine, she's apparently dating this recovering alcoholic guy. His name is Dick, who we got to talk about played by David Naughton. I know, I know you want to mention it. And so I'm just (laughs) going to say that, and I'm going to let you glorify David Naughton for a little while in case anybody doesn't know who he is. He was the main character in American Werewolf in London. And (laughs) I was like, oh my God, why do I recognize this guy? And then boom, and all of a sudden it just clicked. I was like, Mm -hmm. wow. (laughs) yep yep it just flooded back and i mean that's a fantastic movie and i wish they could have made like well seinfeld doesn't do those kind of references i would have loved if there i don't know was something maybe like a you know a a slaughtered lamb thing somewhere like because that was the name of the pub or i don't know that seinfeld doesn't really do that with the people that are in it shows but i mean they'll do make pop culture references but not like you know, meta ones like that. Yeah, and that's actually a good point. They they don't do that. And I didn't sort of pick up on that until you just said it, but they don't do any wink and nods to the camera on, no. on these things. And if if they ever do embed a reference, it's so deep that we, you know, we missed it. So that's that's cool yeah. too. But yeah, they the, yeah. the comedy and the humor and the writing on this show is is never really like a wink and a nod sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Which you get in a ton of different stuff. You know, I mean, in pretty much a lot of other 90s and 2000s shows, you know, you'll get stuff like, I don't know, Scrubs or Friends or any of those other kind of shows. I think Darman Gregg is not Darman Gregg. Uh, Will and Grace has done similar stuff or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, people who come on the show, they're just like, you know, oh, I'm still playing a character from another show. Or, or like, yeah, you see somebody and it, it is exactly. Wink and a nod is a perfect way to call it out. Or or the crowd goes wild when they first enter the room, like, you know, with yes. Brad Pitt or something on Friends. Whereas, so like on Friends, it was always like a big deal to get these these celebrities. But in Seinfeld, they just get, you know, the, yeah. these celebrities and just put them no. in. And they just insert them with, with no pomp and circumstance. Yeah, I mean, with a lot of, these people i feel like they became big right after seinfeld right or i mean you know you, you think in the future when we get like courtney cox she didn't go on to friends till afterwards um although was, this one uh, he, re- he was already big so that you know it- no 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 david Naughton was not big american werewolf in london was not a big movie until okay. it became a cult classic gotcha. how about that Gotcha. Okay. But like even a Terry Hatcher, she really, I mean, yeah, she was a, yeah. an actress for a while, but she didn't become big until Desperate Housewives. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Sorry. That was uh, Lois and Clark. That's Lois where Clark, she became yeah. big. Yeah. And that yeah, was yeah. that was after this, right? That Or Seinfeld. Uh, that was I think, it might, right you know after what? her show. Yeah, it probably was right after. Yeah. It was right around the same time. So anyway, but that's a bit of a tangent. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so Elaine's dating uh, that guy. Elaine's dating a werewolf. <laughs> Elaine's dating a werewolf, a drunken werewolf. And I love Jerry's comment about is it off the wagon or on the wagon? I can't, I have no idea because that's relatable as hell. Like I have no idea either. I still don't know. I, oh, I think every single person 
has this exact <laughs> same conversation. It literally, I, it will just pop up in my head randomly. I'm like, is it off the wagon mm-hmm. or is it on the wagon? And <laughs> right from the get-go, and yes, of course, the, the the joke is relied upon this entire episode. It's it's a part of this episode. But yeah, we'll say it right here. Yep. Dude, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's on the wagon or off the wagon. I don't know which one's the good one. <laughs> I, yeah, I think, I think, I mean, because they, they play with it. I think on the wagon is your sober off the wagon means you're going crazy and you're drinking like like mad. And, and the funny part is, I was watching the the making of this you know this episode on YouTube, and even mm-hmm. the the producer or the writer, whoever they were talking to, he even had to go and on the wagon and he like you know did the look up in the air type of thing so you could tell that even though he wrote the episode he still doesn't know himself which one it is off the top of his head yeah it's ridiculous uh all right i'm going to appease my wife real quick if you don't if you give if you don't mind uh, me giving a second uh to her uh after we watched this episode she after after some time she told me adam you know you know something that bothered me uh which was that Apparently, Jerry came in saying, telling George, oh, hey, don't tell anybody, but she's seeing this guy, Dick. It's supposed to be a hush-hush relationship. But at the party, Elaine is all over Dick at the beginning when you first see her. And she's like, well, why the heck is she all over him if she's trying to be quiet about it? And then my wife went on like a 10-minute tirade about how apparently I steal her comments from Seinfeld and put them on this podcast and I give her no credit (laughs) and all that kind of shit. I'm just like, whoa, honey. I mean, you know... We're just talking about because she loves Seinfeld, so she pretty much watches every episode with me as we prep. And so I'm writing down my notes, and if she says a comment, oh, I'll just add it into the note. And I think it's good. Apparently, I don't give her enough credit, <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, she kind of slammed that down my throat a little bit. So uh, here, here's your credit, honey. I hope this is good enough and all you need, and, <laughs> and we'll continue. And the best part is, she'll leave her comment reply on my <laughs> Instagram post yes, about it, <laughs> and thus, oh, we both hear from it, man, <laughs> and thus. Yeah. The the circle of our friendship continues. Yep. So, oh God. Um, well, that's, but honestly, yeah, she's, she's, yeah, that's, uh, it's, dude, you're, you're lucky, man. My, uh, my <laughs> wife will not watch Seinfeld with me. She actively hates it, and I think no. at this point she's leaning into it a little bit harder, oh. you know, because <laughs> yeah. of the, the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. But, dude, I, t- I tell you, I, and I think I've mentioned this on an episode before, but like, I'll do a Seinfeld reference and get a laugh from her, and you know, most mm-hmm. of the time I just kind of keep it to myself. But after a while, I was just like, babe. That's Seinfeld. Like, I I can't take credit for that. Like, maybe you don't hate Seinfeld, you know? But no. She probably does, but you're you're right. She does it just just to get at you. Maybe that's it. (laughs) I think think so. Yeah. Um, While they're talking, uh, we get a little reference to George's mother. He talks about his own mom, which, again, we have not met her yet. Uh, you know, we haven't seen Estelle and Frank yet. And so I just, I don't know. He, he's done this a couple times where we've talked about his parents or whatever. Um, and I, I really enjoy, you know, just going back and seeing this cause I can envision what the hell he's talking about. Um, and all that kind of stuff. I, I think, was it in this, is it in this one it, or the next one? It's in the, it's no, in the, the next, next one. one. Sorry. It's in the next one where he talks about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because we record these back to back, but he, he references her here and again in the next one. And it just makes me so happy because I can think about her. Um, knowing, you know, that actress and et cetera. It's like there's a there's a buildup happening, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. like it's it's yeah. coming, and we as an audience members, we we know how awesome it's going to be, um, you yeah. know, looking back. <laughs> yes. But at the time, yeah. it, I, I gotta have a sense that at the time there was like this this ominous sort of buildup to this, you know, crazy lady that we're gonna eventually see. Yeah, dude. I mean, 
I wish we had more time and could go through this even quicker because like I'm excited to get to Frank and Estelle. I'm excited to get to Newman. I'm excited to get to all these little fucking characters that we're going to keep seeing, you know, or some of them that we see one offs. And I'm just like, ah, I want them now. And we're only in season three. <laughs> I know. I mean, yet there's so much awesome stuff in season three and it does it's yeah. not even the stuff that we're like sort of accustomed to i i find this to be quite a treat to go back and, and really it, analyze these it episodes is. <laughs> it is it's fantastic i just you know part of me is like all right let's start going daily yeah. man I, yeah. I just i i'm not getting enough of my seinfeld fix yeah i can't wait <laughs> so. and and speaking of going deep and i, I i'm I'm sure you will touch on this, um, but mm-hmm. when Jer- when Jerry and George get there and they give her her oh shoot what was it was it gla- her glasses what were they bringing her her watch um, her watch yeah he watched yeah, yeah she found it was like in this couch cushion or something yeah. like that I can't remember what it was and she does the push. And she doesn't say yes, get out, but yes. she will. She will say it later in the episode. But but here and now, I wrote it. I go, oh oh, she does the push, but she doesn't do the get out. She does the get out later in the episode. Um, yeah. But I was like, she they're starting the, it. They're starting the Elaine yeah, get out and push of, thing, and I love the Elaine get out and push. Yeah, well, yes. Which I, I mean, we're a couple scenes early from the get out, but we'll, we'll let's talk about that in a bit. But yeah, you're right. This is exactly you get in something. She gets the push. She's excited to get her watch. Also in this scene, Elaine apparently found a job for George as a reader at Pendant Publishing, and she kind of has an impromptu uh, interview with George. She kind of pulls him aside, and we see Mr. Lippman, and I believe this is the first time the actual Mr. Lippman, not the other, there was the hashtag not my Lippman uh, <laughs> yeah. that we saw before, and I can't even remember which episode it was. It was, but... it was early in this season. It was like quite yeah. a bit ago, and it was, yeah, bizarro Mr. Lippman, but what gets even weirder is... I believe they refer to him in this episode as as Lippman. In IMDb, mm-hmm. he is credited. His character's name is Mister Beckman. What? Yeah, and I because I, I looked it up and I was like, what? No, Breckman. Sorry, B R E C K M A. That's even weirder. Yeah, and it, so and I'm I'm I feel I think IMDb is sourced from like the script. Like I think you write it. Yeah, you pull it from the script. So maybe they write wrote him as Beckman and then they just improv and say, oh, just make a Mister Littman or something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe the first person who said it messed up their line and they're like, yeah, screw it, just keep it as Mister Littman. But yeah, we are now seeing the proper Mister Littman and the, the one before him was really weird looking dude yeah (laughs) yeah and this guy's so much more comical i'm so glad you know this guy does a does a good job you know we only see him a couple times um but he is fantastic he's he's, well not fantastic he's good i like him he's he's hashtag our mr Littman. (laughs) yes he is uh so let's see while george and, and elaine are kind of doing that conversation which is you know awkward because George, what the fuck does he know about reading? He doesn't know shit. Uh, Jerry is talking with Dick, who Dick, he is a very kind of strange, contentious um, towards Jerry, obviously, because you can just kind of assume that Elaine must have told Dick that she still is friends with one of her exes or something like that. And so he, I don't know, he kind of like, he's combative, not really, you know, not, not fighting towards Jerry, but he is aggressive towards him. He was a little, Uh, he was a little bit of a jerk towards him. I mean, like, and and I think we, we talked about it before how you kind of have to, you know, in 22 minutes, you know, with these characters that you're introduced in one episode, you have to kind of make broad strokes. I I didn't find Mm -hmm. his aggression to be all that realistic, but Hey, maybe, you know what? I agree. You know what he 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 he's he's sober probably he's probably newly sober so he's probably cranky you know he probably needs his his alcohol and he get you know to get his fix and he's, he's probably cranky gonna get it yeah yeah no, he's gonna so. get it 
apparently, yeah, he walks off with that drink, uh, and Elaine's all kind of like freaked out about it. Um, because you know he's trying to be sober, and you know one one sip will make you ruin everything. Is that true? Now, I I used to for alcoholics, maybe maybe not. I don't I mean, not all, and I don't want to put them everyone's all, it different. Depends right? on per person. Because I've I've been with alcoholics who who definitely had issues, and yeah, they've had a drink or oh, they've had like a rum candy or something or whatever, and it's like you know no big deal. And they don't go back and they, they they don't need it. At the same time, I've had moments. Now, I'm not addicted to alcohol, really. I enjoy my alcohol. But what am I addicted to? Coke Zero. I love <laughs> fucking Coke, man. Like, I just, I adore Coke. It is the greatest thing in the world. And so I have been on and off Coke so many times. And right now I'm off. I'm getting, I've gotten myself off of it again. And I've had times where I've like been without it for like a year. And I take one fucking sip. <laughs> Just like, give me a two liter, and I start fucking chugging. It's so good. So you're but like, so you're like Frank the Tank from old school, but except with beer, yeah, you're so with like Coke. You're like, oh, it's, it's so good. Yeah, We're probably gonna touch your zero. lips. It's so good, it, dude. Yeah, that is that is exactly it. I can pound through like I don't know two two liters a day cool. without even thinking. <laughs> I mean, it's not maybe not that bad, but I'll go through like. Five, six cans of Coke in a, in a day without even thinking. Without even thinking. Okay. And All so right. you, you do have an addiction. <laughs> I will not and take so that away I have, from you. I have to actively not do it yeah. because I know it's not good for me. And so I just have to think about like, you know what? No, just buy a fucking LaCroix, you know, even though it's just goddamn water and it costs so much more than fucking Coke. Actually, not anymore. Coke's, Coke's fucking expensive now. Like, it, yeah. it's not as cheap as it used to be. Yeah. Um, so Can that's, that's also- helping me... Yeah. Can I tell you what was a great lie? Everyone hmm. says weed's not addictive. It is. If I don't, oh, if yeah, I don't of smoke, it's I get angry, man. I get irritated because yep. you know, reality is just way too sharp when you're sober. Like when, <laughs> <laughs> everything has a sharp edge to it, you know? And, and weed yeah. helps to dull that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. I've seen that as well. I've, I've had a lot of friends uh who seriously cannot sleep unless they smoke that, before they that, sleep that's me dude when it, at yeah. some point when i when my wife and i come and uh visit you and my sister in atlanta i have to bring um like you know vape things because uh-huh. dude i cannot sleep without smoking at all dude yeah yeah i mean it is it, it definitely becomes an addiction now you know it's still better for you than probably alcohol and a lot of other stuff uh but <laughs> probably better for you it's than got, six, got six coke zeros in one day yeah <laughs> yeah uh, all right, let's see. How about we get back to Seinfeld and not talk about our problems? <laughs> let's talk people about, yeah, about their us. problems. Yeah, people, yeah, yeah, they're they're bad enough people. Uh, all right, so we cut to George and Jerry who are out shopping for uh, a present for Elaine because, you know, George wants to thank her for getting him this job. And they see this cashmere sweater. And it, this is a, a, a great scene, a great just moment. This is a highlight. This is a, you know, I'm sure we'll see this kind of section or just this red dot all over this cashmere, this cashmere sweater and this dot I'm sure appears on like clip shows and other stuff later because it is a 
fantastic through line on this show or on this episode. Uh, but yeah, so he sees a cashmere sweater. It's marked down from six hundred to eighty five dollars or something like that. Dude, six hundred dollars. Yeah, I had no idea that cashmere was like that expensive. Me and dude, nineteen ninety money. You got to figure that's probably today like eight hundred dollars at least, right? It's it's oh, easy. It's, I'd, I'd say almost double that. Right, or not double that. I'd say at least like maybe twelve hundred. Yeah, it's uh, dude. I, maybe I was not like, that holy much. crap. I mean, you're probably right. I was yeah. like, holy crap. That's that is expensive. I had no fucking clue. No, but um. You know, George being George, he wants to, you know, get this used, or not this used, but this red dot um, sweater because it's on such a great deal. Granted, it's still an $85 sweater, man. That's a fucking great gift for anybody. I love you, Corey. I'm not getting you an $85 gift anytime soon. (laughs) No, no. I'll be happy with a a six-pack of Coke Zero. (laughs) Yes. that's Well, I was going to get you a six-pack of beer at least, but I'll I'll go with Coke Zero. The problem is if I buy that Coke Zero, it's not getting I know. I have a better chance of getting the beer than I do the Coke Zero. Yes, you do. (laughs) um, I know, just because you posted something on your own Facebook, I know you love this upcoming line that was at the end of this scene where George asks Jerry, you know, you know, what do you see right now? Give, give you an overview of what you see. <laughs> yeah, he goes, yeah, he's like, you want me to take an overview? I see a very cheap man holding a sweater trying to get away with something. That's my overview. And I love <laughs> yeah. that scene because I, I do love that Jerry is just so good. He, 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 you never forget that they've been friends forever, right? But there's moments yeah. like this that really just hammers home the fact that they are just com- they can be completely honest with each other, and they've yes. known each other since high school. And Jerry, I, I see a very cheap man trying to get away with something. I love that. I love that line. Yeah, which is so accurate. Uh, but at the same time, fuck, it's still an eighty-five goddamn dollar sweater. Yeah, I mean, so but. so like it's all right. So. I know that they're comfortable and nice, right? And say you got that and say there is a red dot on it. Couldn't you, you, you could still enjoy it around your house. You could uh, still yeah. take it out. And I don't know. You could figure out something to like hide it with a, a purse or something. And if it's a tiny I'm sure red you dot, could. the thing was white. Get dude, some bleach. Can, I don't can, know. Dude, it uh, well, I mean, like, the thing was, like, sort of an off-white. You could almost put a tiny dot of bleach yeah. right on that thing, and it would be, yeah, oh, like... Oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Uh, but, well, I mean, that, that takes away from all the hilarity of this yes. episode, and we can rant about that later, and maybe we will rant about that later, but and, like, and, let's, and let's let not just, stay Let me stay. just <laughs> caveat by saying that, yeah, it is a dick move to get somebody a... a broken thing true you know like that is a dick move but it's not a cheap dick move well the thing is it's not a dick move if george would have been upfront about it and said hey elaine i found this sweater for you i think it's perfect it's got a little default but i made a huge enough of a sale on it that i felt you might still enjoy it and then maybe she would be would appreciate it but because george tries to get away with it that's part of his problem exactly yes no you're actually you know what that's i didn't even think about that because my whole thing was like just don't buy it no be like look it, it has a small defect just maybe you can wear it around your house right it, it's nice and warm and comfortable yeah. just wear it around yeah, your or house. exactly if you were just that honest, or on a cold day with it if you had a coat with it as well and no one would notice the red yeah. dot whatever um but like hey i i saw this and thought of you and even though it has this thing you know it, it fell into my price range and i just i really thought you it would be perfect i and fuck i buy defective shit all the time like if i can um, cuz it's cheaper and i don't care about a dent or a scratch or a red dot but i don't know it, it's because it's because george is george well my my beer cans better not be dented <laughs> no they won't be so 
Uh, all right. At uh, Jerry's apartment, you know, Lane is there and she's worried about Dick's drinking. Uh, Kramer comes in and they want to do this whole smell test. They talk about the smell test. And uh, you look like you got something you want to say about Dude, Kramer. Kramer, he he entered. They we he, we almost got an applause. It was almost there. I didn't notice it. Uh, okay, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I wrote it down because right when he entered, and it was funny. It was really well done, and they laughed, and it started to to escalate, and then you know it kind of mm-hmm. died off. And and my note was, we're getting closer. It's coming. Yeah, we are, okay. Okay, I didn't I didn't pick it up, but yeah, obviously it just <laughs> that thunderous applause of Kramer is about to be here. Uh, so they have him drink some scotch, some of this Hennigan's scotch, and he kind of does these funny little commercials, uh, you know, these, <laughs> these little whatever sayings, and they're funny. And I love um, his hand I, motion before he takes the. He hand. does a weird thing, <laughs> and then Jerry Jerry repeats it later, which I thought was kind of strange. Like sticks his arm out, then back in, and then downs it, and it's just like okay, kind of strange. That's not how I drink scotch. Um, I do want to say Kramer gets drunk really fast. <laughs> A little too fast for me to believe it, because uh, I also feel like Kramer should be able to hold his liquor. Yeah, but yeah, but um, but they you know they can't really smell it, and it all it all just ties in very well with Kramer just kind of you know doing these parody commercials of you know Hennigan so good you don't even stink uh, other stuff that are it is it is humorous at the time. And this one, this one's clip show worthy too. So like, so far the yeah. the, the red dot everything that's happened this this episode is wow. Yeah. Uh, and then, yes, as you called it out earlier, uh, George comes in and he gives the cashmere sweater to Elaine. And we get the first, to my knowledge, because I don't remember seeing it earlier, the first full get out and push. Uh, and, you know, G- George even kind of does a weird little look <laughs> to, to, to Jerry. And I was like, oh, wait, that had to be the first one because... Otherwise, they would have been more used to it. And I think we would have tracked it if it if it yeah. wasn't the first one because I we both know this one. So I'm I'm yeah. with you, dude. I'm fairly certain this is the first time we saw the full get out and push. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because you watch. I'm sure when you're watching at the time, we didn't know that it was going to turn into like a part of her character. But it's one yeah. of my it's one of my favorite parts. And I love Angry Elaine. I just I love how just <laughs> the the venom that comes out of her eyes when she looks at, at George and well, Jerry when she's yeah, angry. but. <laughs> Yes, well, it ties well with, you know, yes, her anger, even though it's not an yeah. angry thing. She only does it when she's excited, you know, and she's happy, excited. But it shows that down down in there, there's like a, a physical being that also kind of ties into, you know, these guys are all scared as shit of Elaine when yeah. you really ask it. Yeah. And part of it is because she's not afraid to be physical. Yeah, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's what I was kind of trying to get to. I, I like, okay. I like her energy. I like when Elaine has any sort of, like, big bursts of energy in either direction. I think it's always mm-hmm. fun. Because a lot of times, you know, Jerry and George are kind of subdued a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, like emotionally, no. you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to... I'm gonna, hold on, I'm going to save this. Unless you think it's good to talk about, you're talking about Elaine's burst of energy. One of my single most favorite moments in all of Seinfeld is when you get her bursts of energy against another character whose bursts of energy are just as equally amazing, and that's 
Frank Costanza. And <laughs> yes. you get like when they when they kind of go at each other, and particularly I'm thinking of like this one moment, they don't know, you want a piece of me? <laughs> yes. Like yeah. that that moment. Dude, I fucking lose my shit over that. That is like one of my absolute single favorite moments of all of Seinfeld. <laughs> I, I'm a hundred percent with you and and I do love they almost make perfect adversaries. And I don't think anyone yeah. probably like on paper thought that that was going to be the case. But for some reason for their characters, it works really well. Just Elaine's got <laughs> no time for Frank's shit, man. Because he's yeah. insane. It's like, because you know she only tolerates George to to an extent. And Frank is just a worse, case, worse version of George. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, all right. So Elaine gets the cashmere sweater. Kramer immediately calls out the red dot that he sees uh, and George tries to pass it off make it like, Oh, I have no idea. Uh, you know, she tries to ask Jerry if he can see it and he's deflecting. He deflects by taking a swig of scotch, um, which to me looks suspiciously clear when he poured it. It was most certainly water and not scotch. Like they could have <laughs> even used like apple juice or something, but it was, no, it was 100% water when I saw it poured into uh, a shot glass and they uh. took a shot of. I just I I loved him doing the the mimicking the hand motion like you said mm, of mm -hmm. Kramer earlier and uh I don't know. I just I, I think I was more focused on Jerry's face because I, I love the fact yeah. that he doesn't really drink. He's he, him and George aren't like big drinkers, which I as a as mm -hmm. a big drinker, I find it to be weird. And uh, it kind of like <laughs> adds to their, you know, man child qualities. So to see yeah. Jerry just uh, preparing himself for this shot, because he even says earlier with the Hennigans, he's like, I've been using it as paint thinner. <laughs> he's just yeah. so childlike sometimes. And uh, I love that scene. I love the way he takes that shot because also too the actor Jerry Seinfeld you can tell is trying not to laugh and that's one yeah. of the things that I've always loved about Jerry Seinfeld the actor is when he is try is doing that half smirk you know trying to keep it in mm -hmm. he is definitely doing but it makes sense even in the context of that where he's just trying to trying to just <laughs> stay away to that away from that fucking situation and so he's just like all right screw this I'm gonna take a shot <laughs> uh but yeah I agree it's funny even though it's definitely water not scotch uh <laughs> All right. At Pendant Publishing, George is working late. Um, we just kind of see Elaine as she walks by. But, you know, he's there and uh, he notices this cleaning lady. And then we cut to Monks. And apparently, George slept with the cleaning lady on his desk. Oof. Good so, job, uh, George, man. That's a bra yeah. <laughs> bravo to him. And real quick, just want to throw it out there. Uh, Jason Alexander, left-handed as well, um, I, if you noticed in that oh. shot. Yeah, so I was like, huh. George, oh, yes, while he was writing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, while he was looking and kind of proofreading, I, I thinking about it back, yes, I did notice that. Uh, but yeah, good call. Yeah, All and right. actually, as that just came out of my mouth, I realized he actually might not be left-handed. They may have just done that for the shot. So who the hell knows? It's possible because yeah. it was certainly it was certainly it would have covered yeah, the shot it, and been yeah hideous. it would have been the other way around if he was doing it right handed yeah. so yeah who 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 the hell knows but maybe well, you know we'll track that and see if we ooh. can get confirmation in, in another as another of, as of right now. As of right now, George Costanza is left-handed. Yeah, maybe not Jason Alexander, but George Costanza is. We'll have to see if that remains the same. Good call. Okay. <laughs> God, we need to have a list of all the shit that we're supposed to be tracking because I forget it. We have so much stuff. Like each episode, I have to like go back and look. Should look at a list and be like, okay, let's check all of these things. Are they true or have this happened yet? Or ugh. Uh, anyway, hopefully our fans uh, are keeping uh, this list for us. Yeah, I hope so. So uh, George tells the story. You know, it's all kind of funny about how he slept with this lady, and um, you know, yeah, good for him. Do you ever? Do you ever? Uh, 
sleep with somebody at work? Um, I'm uh, Jesus, I've had so many jobs. I uh, sort of, I mean, like not at the job, <laughs> but like I've hooked up from with somebody from the job, you know, but not yeah, from at the work. job, but not at the job. Yeah. That's not what I'm asking. Yeah, I'm asking at the job. Yeah, yeah. no, I no yeah. yeah, not that I can think of. I, I, you have you? No, nor me. Yeah. Nothing, nothing fun. No, I'm well, sorry, we're boring. <laughs> well, I mean, I do work at home and I do hook up at home with my wife, so. <laughs> Oh. No, if your wife was your cleaning lady, maybe I'd give it to you. She probably, you know what? She probably does clean way more than. No, no, no. You're no, a cleaner. I'm the, you're I'm clean the cleaning guy. lady. Yeah. <gasps> she's <laughs> she's fucking the cleaning That's lady. It. My wife That's is it. fucking. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we got a snort. <laughs> we got a Corey snort. Uh, all right, we are at Jerry's apartment, and Elaine tells Jerry. That Dick was fired, you know, because he fell off the wagon or on the wagon or whatever the hell it is, uh, and he drank too much and, you know, it became a you know bad employee. Um, Elaine blames Jerry about this because he set the drink there on purpose, which, of course, he did not. And I think it's absolutely ridiculous that she blames Jerry. I think she, well, one, she's probably just upset that he did this. It is not Jerry's fault that, you know, it's not his responsibility for another man's drinking. That guy grabbed it. And he kept the second after he took a sip, he decided to keep drinking himself. If he noticed that alcohol, you know, I mean, yes, he's addicted to it, but it's his fault. Like me, if I keep drinking Diet Coke or Coke Zero, it's my fault that I'm drinking it. No one else's. Even though I, you know, have terrible, you know, willpower against it doesn't mean it's, oh, fuck, fuck you, Corey. You talked about Diet Coke or, or I keep saying it, Diet Coke, but Diet Coke just tastes like piss. Coke Zero is tastes delicious. I like Coke Zero better, even better tasting even than regular Coke now. Can I just put it on the record that I'm a Mr. Pib guy? Oh, you know what? No, no, no. Pib, I drink Pib Zero. I'm addicted to the aspartame partly, I think, as well. Where I just like, well, I'm already fat enough, so I like to think that if I don't drink the full calorie one, it, it's better for me even though. <laughs> It's not. But Pib Zero is solid, and I absolutely appreciate a Pib Zero every now and then. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, but yeah, but to, to your point, I'm 100% with you. And even yeah. when I was younger and now, uh, when I saw him take that sip, I was like, doesn't he, can't he tell that there's vodka in there? Because yeah. uh, if he can't, then that is some high quality vodka. And I don't think mm-hmm. you're really giving that out at the company party. No. You're getting some rail shit right there. So I guarantee you that that werewolf knew that he was drinking vodka. And like you said, he chose to keep going with it. He chose to. Yep. Yep. Uh, Elaine is also suspicious that George knew about the red dot. So, you know, she's trying to get that figured out. She's trying to pressure Jerry to tell him, which he does not tell her anything. Uh, she goes to the bathroom. George rushes in, you know, he's freaked out about the cleaning lady. Apparently, um, you know, she's pushing for more of a relationship or something like that. And she, he, he's, you know, of course getting things fucked up. He's, he's, uh, He's just ruining everything because he's George and <laughs> things are going bad for him. But um, I do love this moment where she, Delane comes out and she confronts George about it. And she says, well, Jerry told me that you knew about it. And he immediately turns to Jerry and says, you told her. And then she got him. You know, she <laughs> tricks him into it. And I love it's Jerry's awesome. reaction. He's like, she tricked you, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Definitely one of those over the top, you yeah. Know, uh, just you know, big reactions from Jerry, which you love. Yeah, I, I love my big reactions, but it, it was it was very well written and it was very believable. Like like she, yes. the way it was paced, the way she kind of just got him like that. I loved it. I'm yeah. with you, man. That was a great exchange and a great little scene right there. Yeah, I mean, for me, what I really loved is when George is like begging, apologizing to her, and he's just like, "I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh, I didn't know about it. I was just." Uh, Jerry, and this is this is exactly something that friends would do, as you called it out before. They're such good friends. He is just behind, like pulling out like a hanky and just fake crying and <laughs> his tears. And we're kind of seeing it from almost Elaine's angle a little bit. It's just, it is perfect about how their relationship is and yes. how much they will call each other out on shit. And how much of a weasel George is. Yeah, <laughs> he has all of that together. Um, at Pendant, uh, George... Gives uh, the sweater as a present to the cleaning lady because he's now just trying to, you know, he can't return the sweater. So he's just trying to figure out what the hell he can do with it. Um, And her monologue is one of the just greatest, most ridiculous monologues in all of Seinfeld. The way that she talks about cashmere and how she was a little girl in Panama. (laughs) She saw a man with cashmere and she had touched it and he kicked her away <laughs> just like that is I, I don't know to me that's an iconic monologue in all of the in all of Seinfeld lore oh dude th- this so far this episode has like four I've seen on clip shows just from this episode mm-hmm. Kramer uh, getting drunk Kramer calling out the the dot this monologue here it's it's dude dude it's just non-stop in this episode this is fire mm-hmm. buddy absolutely fire and i'm with you i love that monologue she gives out uh you know seinfeld does these awesome monologues once in a blue moon i think the most famous is the george talking about saving the whale right but they they, mm-hmm. they yeah. all there there's these great monologues just trickled throughout the history of seinfeld and this is absolutely one of the the better ones yeah absolutely um when she tries on the sweater she Almost immediately, I always thought it was a little too convenient that she just kind of grabs that exact spot and looks at it and is like, what about this red dot? Like, I don't know. It was all, it was too acted. It, it, I've always felt that even when I was younger. It I was, was too like, actory. Wait. Yeah. Like she knew where yeah, she had like, to be. Yeah. Yes. She, she knew where she was supposed to pull it up. Um, and she's not like even just like kind of like, you know, just twirling and looking and notices it. She just like, oh, is fiddling with it and then pulls up exactly the red dot spot. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, so, I'm I, a, that always bothered me. I'm and I am a hundred percent with you. I remember noticing it's and it's something I notice every time, but I've noticed it since I was a kid. I mm-hmm. was like, oh, she goes right for yeah. that red dot, doesn't she? Yeah, <laughs> like a <Yeah>. cat. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then we have a, uh, a an integrated stand up bit here. Yes, this is this is very interesting. So. It goes to the stand-up bit, and Jerry's just talking about being in the bathroom, and and he's like, "Oh, I'm using one of those new hand dryers." And by the way, I guess like, uh, uh, you know, hand dryers were starting to become more popular in mm-hmm. bathrooms in the '90s, you know. But it's funny to think about a time when it was before the hand dryers, and you know, you just yeah. had the paper towels. But you know, Jer- oh. the joke is Jerry's like, you know, yeah, that's yes, the hand dryers take longer, and that's what I want to do. I want to stay in some place that has a stench longer than I need to and then out from the crowd comes the only stench is you (laughs) yeah I do want to call I actually really like that stand-up bit because I find it to be so accurate like I hate 
the blowers, I will just, you know, half the time wipe on my jeans as opposed to sit there and wait for the blowers. They take too long. They're basically just spitting, you know, bacteria and shit back on your hands. It feels like uh, maybe not as much like the super high pressured ones. I'll at least give those a little bit of a go. The but Dyson like, ones I or hate... whatever. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, the Dyson knives or whatever. Yeah, the air blade. Yeah, air blade. That's it. I called it knife, but it's the <laughs> air blade. Yes, those all those are okay because they are that much faster. But and they're kind of fun because they, <laughs> you feel the pressure on your hand. It kind of makes your hand, you know, like going funky, weird. You know, yeah. I don't, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. No, I, dude, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm, I'm tracking everything you're saying, buddy. <laughs> It moves your skin around, like, in a fun way that you kind of enjoy. This is <laughs> it's kind of like when you look at an old person's hands, ha. and you can kind of just move their <laughs> move their skin really, really loose-like. But the Dyson Airblade does it, and it's just, I don't know, it's really enjoyable. Um, but anyway, the regular hand blowers at that time were awful, so yeah, I'm shitty. all with Jerry. Yeah, they were shitty. And, <laughs> yeah. and, dude, I'm with you, man. Like, like, that's all true. And the funny thing is, you kind of forget that that opening bit is good, like, as far as, like, Seinfeld mm-hmm. stand-ups go, because it's sort of usurped by the, the joke or the storyline that has to happen here, which is yeah. Dick. Dick's actually in the crowd, and he's sauced, and he starts, like, basically yes. heckling Jerry, and they start getting into, uh, you know, Jerry says, sorry, you're on the wagon. Dick's like, it's off the wagon. And then Jerry, you know, kind of beats him back by saying, in the olden days, what's the deal? No, <laughs> yeah. in the olden days, how do you how do you think they got uh, the alcohol from town to town and he's like what do you know about wagons he goes and i like jerry's response he goes i know enough not to get on them and then they kind of like yes. you could see someone sort of escorts dick out or, or whatever and i was like yeah. oh you know i i mean i've seen this before and, and you know, watching it i remembered it but now that i'm actually like paying attention to it i'm like i actually kind of like having an integration into his stand-up and having it relate it were, to the yeah. actual episode that's happening i really enjoyed mm-hmm. that that was fantastic. I mean, we've gone, you know, this far and they're just their own separate thing. It works so well for it to actually be a part of the story and to be tied into it. Um, and you mean, you get two, really, you get two stand-up bits here. You get the one about the hand blower and then you also get the on and off the wagon stand-up bit, like, all together. And they just, it's, it's, I agree. It's fantastic. It was a nice little different way that they approached the stand-up bit, uh, which I was very happy that they did. Because then, you know, it's really showing, you know, oh, Jerry's doing stand-up. In the show, because even even before this, I always kind of feel like, oh, these stand up bits are just part of his real life. Uh, you know, quote like the real Jerry Seinfeld life. And then the show is just part of the show. This kind of really ties in the stand up is him in the show. Yes, if I that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree because and it's later when we get the episode with like Kramer and Banya, like waiting for Jerry to do mm-hmm. a set. You know, we don't get too, too many times where any of his friends go and see his show now i we yeah. assume that they do obviously right but yeah. yeah like you said these these bits are always sort of like standalone you don't really have too much of a time frame of when they take place but here you know exactly where it takes place and you get a clear correlation between what's going on in the show with what's happening on stage and what he's saying and, and how he's interacting with dick and yeah i, I mm-hmm. my only takeaway is i wish we saw more of it yeah i agree uh, all right. At Pendant Publishing, um, George gets fired by Lippman. Uh, apparently, the cleaning lady came claim clean to him, uh, let him know everything, and she apparently was pissed about the red dot um, and you know mentioned the sex. And uh, as as George kind of leaves the office, 
I, I do. It's fantastic. Lipman just kind of pulls up, pulls out the sweater. Oh, she wanted you to have this and just chucks it at his face. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and, and he walks out. And I don't know if my ears were just in tune because of Kramer earlier, but somebody in the crowd got a real big kick out of that uh, cashmere uh. sweater hitting him because <laughs> they went, they were like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I want to go back to that's still an $85 sweater, people. It's a good sweater. Are you telling me like a cleaning lady from, you know, Panama who just adores cashmere so much is going to be that offset from one little red dot that she won't be able to figure out how to work with it? I mean, I fuck, I'll take it, George. Yeah. Or, or George wear George. Just take keep it yeah. right at home. You know, it's, it's <laughs> Jesus. Everyone loves cashmere. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's it's cashmere. Uh, all right, Jerry comes to Pendant to take George out to dinner to try and you know make him feel good. He had he had this new job for all of maybe a week it seems, um, and I, and I do love that. I do I again. Yeah. It's it's also too you know that they're supportive. They always are, but you don't yes. always see this level of sort of like support where you know Jerry's like I'm taking the boy I'm taking the boy out for dinner. Got to got to pick my boy up, yeah. you know? Like yeah, and, exactly, cuz they're friends. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, it's like yes, we always talk about, you know, the the Seinfeld gang being a bunch of jerks, but I, they do care about each other. They may not care about people that are around them, but they care very strongly about each other. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I do enjoy the, at least I enjoy the quote. I don't know if I care that much about the conversation uh, when they talk about when has sex taken place. Uh, and Jerry has a fantastic line of, um, uh, I think when the nipple makes its first appearance, which I find funny because that's not when sex takes place. I mean, sex sex is insertion. <laughs> that's, that's that. uh, but that's not funny. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but but another anyway. another clip worthy. I've seen that in in so yeah. many like you know people talk about that when the nipple t- you know makes its first appearance. That's so many mm-hmm. times. So this episode is just chock full of clip worthy moments. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Elaine tries that same trick that she did on George earlier about trying to get Jerry to tell him oh if he left the uh, the drink on purpose for Dick, which Jerry sees through it immediately, um, which I like, which is just funny, but also true. Like, you know, Jerry did not do that. He's all he did was set a drink down and then Dick set his drink down afterwards, but whatever. Um, we hear Dick come in and he's trashing the place. You know, he's is in his drunken stupor. He's not happy. Uh, they end up hiding under the desk. He kind of is dragging this Christmas tree. I think is quite, quite funny. And, uh, he goes in front of the desk, sees them and you see George, holding out the sweater it's like a peace <laughs> offering he picks it up notices the red dot and uh we cut to a stand-up bit <laughs> yeah uh to tie it back into the last stand-up bit uh dick's in this one too but jerry talks about mm-hmm. um he's like he hates being around alcoholics because he's either telling you how much they love you or how much they hate you um and he's like you know i, I know a guy i don't know uh, you know i have a guy that i don't know how he feels about me because you know he's uh he's finally off the wagon and then dick yells on the wagon and then jerry's like don't get smart and you know dick mm-hmm. kind of gives this little nod with like a coffee cup and two things one the on the 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 behind the scenes they added they added this in 
it wasn't in the script, right? It, it was added in mm-hmm. because Larry David or, or the writers and everybody kind of made it so that the last time you see Dick was that shot of him, you know, being drunk and everything. And they, I think yeah. they felt it was a little bit too mean. So they wanted mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, show that he, he recovered and he, you know, sort of survived this. And it's not something that normally happens in Seinfeld, sort of these sweet moments. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I, I kind of liked it. I... I liked that we saw that he was back on the wagon. <laughs> you, you guys know. <laughs> we, I like the fact that we saw that he was sober. I like the fact that yeah. that clearly, like you know, he he somehow he made it up to Jerry, right? And and I, mm-hmm. I liked it. And it doesn't happen often. And I don't want it to happen often. I don't want no. my Seinfeld gang to be nice and sweet or whatever. But this. One time, I did actually enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, well, they weren't nice and sweet to Dick, uh, and but he did come out, you know, on top, or he came out just fine, which is, I agree. And this is—it's one of those things. I think alcoholism in general is something that just the public doesn't want to see people spiral down into, and so I could see totally that why they wanted to kind of leave ultimately on a somewhat happy note for Dick, um, which was which was good for him. Um, yeah, but but it also kind of helps enhance those other moments where the people that that the gang dicks over so often it makes them a little bit you know harsher as long as you know because this guy came out okay everyone else you know doesn't always come out okay and it's make it just makes it funny that way as well yeah um but yeah it, it is totally a different it didn't feel like classic seinfeld to have him be there and be good and be happy um but you know it still worked i agree yeah. it worked just fine yeah uh, all right, so let's do our general discussion, the final thoughts on the episode, and uh, I'll give this one a, a go at the start. Um, I very much enjoyed this episode, and even talking with you, it probably actually it, it increased my score by boy, a point five when I first saw it. I was just like, you know, yeah, this one was really good, but then you know, I see it's like, yeah, you know what, this one had some really good stuff to it. Great moments. The Hennig- uh, Kramer's Hennigan's commercials were funny. The Cashmere story throughout the entire episode was just perfection. Um, there was a lot of change of scenes in this episode. I noticed like they were there were quick little scene, quick little scene, quick little scene. But I think it helped it kind of pace well it moved very quickly it was funny um probably because of how quickly it moved as well um i love that everyone actually pretty much everyone ended up at the at the end exactly how it was at the start which is pretty much how you want a a sitcom to be because especially like a just a cyclical uh sitcom where it just kind of like you know you want to just keep going back to back to these different random scenarios but um, i mean dick was sober at the beginning and he's back to being sober at the end and so he's doing good george was worthless and jobless at the beginning and he's back to that at the end and so like this episode doesn't matter but that's why i like it you know (laughs) i don't it shouldn't and that's what a good sitcom you know, should like this era of sitcom should do that. I don't want like a Game of Thrones. This matters to this, and then that, and then that. That's partly why I think I've started to dislike uh, South Park more and more recently. I just, I, I know, I think we've had that discussion. You and I think you enjoy South Park. I still, I don't watch it. You don't watch it. Okay, so I've had a discussion with some people. They, the, I, the last like five seasons of South Park, I think, have just tanked um, because they're forcing things to go from one episode to another, and I don't think it works. This episode ends exactly how the first one did, or how it began with people, everybody about the same, and I think that's perfect. Uh, the Cashmere monologue even, even was Dick. fucking... Even Dick, because he's back to being sober at the beginning. 
back to the story. Yep. Um, I mean, the cashmere monologue. Yeah, that, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. And part. and the and the maid, she doesn't have a cashmere sweater, just like she didn't at the she, beginning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's back to normal. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the only thing that would make this episode a little bit better if they could utilize Kramer a little bit more. He was just in that one scene, and I would have liked to see him maybe do something else. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I thought this was an overall really strong episode, so I gave it four out of five Hennigans. Dude, I can't even... I have nothing else to add to that, bro. Like, you nailed I'm, everything. Yeah. I love this episode. It's fast-paced. It's fun. Uh, the only... My biggest... The only thing I can sort of add to it is that it's nice that it's a Christmas episode. I like mm, I like mm-hmm. holiday themed episodes, and I feel like Seinfeld doesn't do a lot of those. Like like Friends always has like a Thanksgiving episode every season, and I, I enjoy that. But I do like that this is a Christmas episode, and I like the fact that Dick you know goes crazy, which is kind of like shades of Scrooged in there. You yeah. know the movie Scrooged, but. The only thing I have to say a little bit different than yours is I think the amount of Kramer that's in it was perfect. And maybe it's because okay. the Kramer that the, the what he does do in this episode is so spectacularly amazing that I, you know if it was if it was subpar if it wasn't utilized well but it's such a great scene that I was like, you know what? I was not left wanting more, but I'm sure if you did yeah. add Kramer to it, it would it would beef it up or whatever. But dude, it's a great yeah. episode, man. It's honestly so far this season. It's maybe my absolute favorite episode this season. Oh, wow. um, it's so fun. It's so good. It's so clip worthy. It's <laughs> sponge worthy. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's amazing. Yep. I loved it, dude. And and I really really enjoyed the fact that the stand up was integral to the episode itself and the story that the episode was yeah. telling. I really like that, and I wish we saw that more. That's probably my biggest takeaway. Cool. So, yeah, that's... Uh, right. <laughs> I feel like this was one of our most tangent uh, episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and there was just so much well. to talk about. But uh, speaking of talking, speaking of flapping those gums, Adam, where can we find you in the potosphere? I flap my guns every week on the Blast From Our Past podcast, uh, which is part of the Blast From Our Past or BFOP network that you are listening to Cartwright through as well, as well as other fantastic podcasts. Hopefully you're checking out all four of our podcasts. Hopefully there'll be more to come. Uh, But my brother John and I talk about everything nostalgia, mostly movie, music, TV shows, and we do some top tens. You'll find Corey on there as well. He has been on our set of sequels. Uh, episodes as well as one random movie commentary episode as well as some of our patreon exclusive content uh, that is nostalgia based trivia that uh, I hope everybody you know might want to go and uh, spend just a little bit of that money which ends up helping us big time so we can try and help grow and get better uh, for all of you uh, but again that is the blast from our past podcast how about you mr. my man Corey yes uh, you can listen to me um, talk about cult cinema like movies like cyborg and terror vision and life force uh on podcasting after dark it's another one of the podcasts that's on the bfop network (laughs) i just i just shivered when i said that (laughs) the bfop network is how i like to call it (laughs) bfop 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 baby you gotta be cool and hit man (laughs) bfop yeah well actually that's a that's a good branding uh point right there (laughs) come on Mm -hmm. bfopers let's do this (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly everybody everybody 
has like they call their their listeners something, you know? Yeah. It's like oh, uh, like another podcast listen to is the Trivial Warfare Armor or the, or the the Murderinos from the My Favorite Murder or whatever it is. You know, every YouTube group has you know their uh, little society or the little, little army or whatever, and we can call ours the Beef Hoppers. The Beef Hoppers, come on, Beef Hoppers. Beef I, I, I don't know. I, I picture when you say that, I picture just a bunch of people like snapping their fingers, you know, <laughs> like doing like a <laughs> Beef Hopper. Yeah, come yeah. on, Beef Hopper. Um, <laughs> and you can uh, you can also hear me talk about comic books with my pal Tess on the ongoing comic book discussion podcast. And make sure that you also check out our buddies Brent and Eric at the Friday Five. Mm-hmm. Mm. podcast they are also a part of the bfop network uh, every other week they have just a fun time talking about pop culture and nostalgia stuff so go check out friday five go check out podcasting after dark go check out blasts from our past and you know if you're nasty go check out ongoing comic book discussion podcast so we're everywhere guys right we're coming at you <laughs> i don't know that i don't know what that is really weird it's why did you do that, that i don't strange. know it's 10 a.m my time and i am full-on <laughs> coffee dude it's hitting Right okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, we will see you guys next week with the subway. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.